Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Notice, they did not drive out the Jeshurites or the Maacathites, but the Jeshurites and the Maacathites dwell among the Israelites to this day. And see, that's a, that is the indictment against the children of Israel. They were supposed to wipe them out, but, 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 but it says here that they, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And this was part of their undoing, their disobedience, and that's why it's so important for us to be obedient I'm sure they didn't understand. I'm sure that they felt like they were more compassionate than God. Lord, I can't wipe out these people, this, you know, this, you know, this few couple of families that are left here. I just, I can't pull myself together to do it. How amazing is your love? How can I keep it from shouting your name? Today on Truth in Christ, the scripture says, Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Gezerites or the Maccathites, but the Gezerites and the Maccathites dwelled among the Israelites until this day. Welcome to our study for today. Because of Israel's disobedience, we learned that later David married a princess from Gesher, and his son Absalom was born of her. Absalom returned to Gesher and used it as a place to plot against his father, King David. There is nothing new under the sun. The wages of sin is always death and full of consequences. And now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. The Ashkelonites from Ashkelon, the Gittites of Gath, these towns are still there in Israel today. I wouldn't want to visit any of them. And when we go to Israel, we never, ever go toward the coast of the Mediterranean, except when we're in Tel Aviv and we're around, I want to say, um, Netanya. There's a, there's a place sometimes where we used to go there, but there's a place where we might go. I don't know. But um, we, we don't go down south on the Mediterranean because that, that land is just filled with angry people, angry people who are, who are bent on destroying Israel or wanting to. But we don't, we don't visit those areas, and we never have to worry about that. But notice, from the south, all the land of the Canaanites, and Merah that belongs to the Sidonians as far as Aphek, to the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gabalites, and all Lebanon toward the sunrise. Where does the sun rise? From the east, right? It rises in the east. It sets in the west. So from your perspective, it rises in the east. Here's the Jordan River. It rises in the east, and it sets in the west. I always like geography. I, I, I love looking at maps, and I like figuring out where I'm at. And, um, and that's one thing that's really good as you're reading through these things. It's good to have a, another Bible or some kind of atlas next to you, and you can see these things. And it really helps you, and it's a lot of fun to see. The land of the Gabalites, I read that. Uh, from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon as far as the entrance to Hamath. 
all the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as the brook Mizrephoth and all the Sidonians. Them I will drive out from before the children of Israel. Only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now therefore, verse 7, divide this land as an inheritance to the nine and half tribe of nine tribes and half tribe of Manasseh. And so now we have all this land and now we, we get to it. And beginning in verse 8, we're, we're going to be looking again uh, at the land that was divided on the east side of the Jordan River, which we already know because we've already been through Deuteronomy. We've been to the end of Deuteronomy where the, this, um, this event happens or has happened. So now it's just re- rehearsing some of the history for us. And now it's actually going to take place. And it's just re, um, reiterating it for us. So with the other half-tribe of the Reubenites and Gads received their inheritance, which Moses had given them, verse 8, beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded them. I would encourage you in verse 8, and as we go into the next few verses, just make a note in your Bible to read Numbers chapter 32. Read Numbers 32. We don't have time to go there tonight. But again, this is um, just a, a, a recapitulation of things that have already occurred. And Deuteronomy also, chapter 3, specifically verses 12 through 22. So again, Numbers 32. And then Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verses 12 through 22. That kind of gives this whole narrative, again, in order that you can read it. And uh, it's, it's really good to do. But notice verse 9, it says, From Aurorar, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the town that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plain of Mediba as far as Debon. And so if you had a map and you were looking at this stuff, and sometimes it takes some doing because you've got to look, you got to find the, you know, you got to look at a handful of different maps to find these places. And it really is. It's a lot of fun to go through. I've always had this dream. I've got this big table in my office, and I would love sometime, somehow, some way to get these really high-resolution physical maps that are just really large, of, of the entire land of Israel, where every single thing from antiquity up to the current time is there, and you can just lay that out there, and you can just sit there with a lamp, you know, looking up, and I have my hat and my whip next to me, you know, and lay that all out and look at I mean, that would just be the kick, you know, to have that kind of resource. But notice, <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay, verse 10, And all the cities of Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon and as far as the border of the children of Ammon. So again, he's, he's speaking of the, that land on the east of the Jordan, which we've already discussed. Gilead and the, and the border of the Jeshurites and the Maacathites, all Mount Hermon and all Bashan as far as Selkos. So this is all the eastern land east of the Jordan River. And again, they all conquered this land, those two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh. Notice verse 12, all the kingdom of Og and Bashan who reigned in Ashtaroth and Edrei, who remained of the remnant of the giants. For Moses had defeated and cast out these. This word giant here is a little bit different than what you might see in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, where the word giant literally means Nephilim. Here the word giant means Rephaim, which is just another, uh, another name for a uh, giants. This was uh, probably the same race, uh, of, of giants, and as, as different people, uh, different countries, as they encountered these people, they named them something different. Some called them the Zumims, the Zamzumims, the Emims, the, the Amims, the uh, Avims. Uh, you know, they had all these different names for them, but basically it all meant scary, weird, you know, uh, 
genetic nightmare type of people. Okay? So, when he says the Rephaim, just understand these are, these are linebackers for the Detroit Lions. Okay? These guys are huge. They got funny-looking teeth. Their breath is really bad. They never shower. They got really twisted chromosomes. You look at their, you look at their DNA under a microscope, and it looks like a, it looks like a Los Angeles map and, 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 you know, just awful stuff. Just twisted seed. Twisted seed. <laughs> Strange cats, these guys are. And so Moses, he had cast out these Rephaim. Rephaim. You remember that Og, one of the, the kings in the, in the north, when, when they were taking possession of the east side of the Jordan River, the very northern king uh, in Bashan up there next to, by Mount Hermon and up there by the Sea of Galilee on the east side, Og, king of Bashan, he was one of these. He, was, he remained uh, a remnant of the giant. Remember, his bedstead was a, a bed of iron, and it was made of iron, and uh, nine cubits is the length, and four cubits is his width. So this guy was probably close to over nine, ten feet tall at least. If you go by 18 inches for the cubit, this guy was huge. His mother never complained and said, go clean your room, because he would just squash her, right? But his name, <laughs> the Rephaims, were, the, were called terrible ones. And again, many nations had different names for them. The Anakim, the Emim, the Zamzumim probably came from the same stock, probably came from the same race of people. But notice verse 13, Nevertheless, the children of Israel, notice, they did not drive out the Jeshurites or the Maacathites, but the Jeshurites and the Maacathites dwell among the Israelites to this day. And see, that's a, that is... The indictment against the children of Israel. They were supposed to wipe them out, but, 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 but it says here that they, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And this was part of their undoing, their disobedience. And that's why it's so important for us to be obedient. I'm sure they didn't understand. I'm sure that they felt like they were more compassionate than God. Lord, I can't wipe out these people, this, you know, this, you know, this few couple of families that are left here. I just, I can't pull myself together to do it. And yet God had pronounced judgment. You know, how hard is it for the children of Israel to take that lamb? I mean, think about this. And Passover, when they celebrate Passover, how hard was it for them to take this cute little lamb of the first year? Have you seen a lamb at the first year? It looks like it's made of Play-Doh. Everything is soft. The ears are big, round, and fluffy, and furry, and fuzzy. And they just look up at you with that eye, and, you know, the bottom thing starts to quiver a little bit. And then the kids are going, Dad, I want to sleep with this. I, I, I love them so much. Right? The kids are going nuts over the little lamb, and that little lamb has to be sacrificed. Can you imagine how hard that was? How hard was it for the precious lamb of God as he hung on the cross with, with whom there was no sin in him? He was more beautiful than anything. Any, anything of the creation was not as beautiful as he was, even though he was a man who no one would look at and say, wow, he's just a really good-looking man. The Bible says it was quite the opposite, actually. He, there, was no, there was nothing about him that they, we would look at him and go, wow, he's the man of the hour. Quite the opposite. But yet, what, 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 what was, who he was was more beautiful than anything that God has created. Better than any sunset that you could see looking out in Florida. And I've seen some really nice ones over the last couple of weeks. Sunsets would just take your breath away and say, God, you are an awesome painter. You're an awesome artist. And yet, Jesus Christ, you are 
more glorious than it all. Right? That's who he is. Nevertheless, I'm sorry, verse 14, only to the tribe of Levi he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as the Lord said to them. So that was their inheritance. So whenever the children of Israel did sacrifice those pieces, those parts of that animal, much of it was given to them to eat, to survive for their sustenance, right? That was part of their inheritance. God says, I am your inheritance. And, and it's interesting that later on, God would give them 48 cities of all the tribes of Israel. Each one of the tribes would give the, 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 the Levites cities in their inheritance that they could live. They didn't inherit them. They, they were just allowed to live there, and they had uh, land around those cities that they could have their livestock because they had to have livestock in order to sacrifice, right? They had to continue propagating those, those cattle and those sheep, right, and those goats. So they continued with that. For the sake of time, I'll just give you some verses. You can look at this. Uh, Joshua 13, verse 33. Um, when we get to the end of this chapter, you'll see it. It says, But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he had said to them. In Deuteronomy 18, verse 1 through 5, it says, The priests, the Levites, all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire in his portion. Therefore, they shall have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance. And the, the wine and the sheep and all, all of those things would, would be given to the Israelites. And they'd be given land. You can look at Numbers chapter 35, the first five verses. Numbers 35, it talks about the idea of them, of, of each tribe giving them cities and, and common land around those cities that they could raise their livestock. So let's go on to verse 15. It says, And Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families. Now remember, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were the ones who decided, well, we're, we're, we're settled, we're, we're good with this. We're good with this land on the east side. We don't want to go over the Jordan and inherit the land that God has promised to our ancestors from antiquity up until this moment. We're, we'll, we're fine here. The land looks great. Let's just stay here. And what, what happened? They were the first ones, because they were unprotected when Assyria came in 722 B.C., they were the first ones to be plucked out. The first ones. And I almost wondered what would have happened if they would have gone on the, on, the, on the west side along with the rest of them and obeyed God. You know, God allowed it, but it wasn't his best for them. But they were content. And yet, we can be content where God says, I want to give you something better. But then we say, but Lord, this is fine enough for me. And you know, God sometimes says, you know what, that's okay. If that's really what you want. I can bless you in it for, for, you know, I can bless you in it. But there may be a consequence, and there probably is, somewhere down the road. It's a, it's a difference between God's permissive will and his perfect will. You settle for his permissive will, you may run into trouble, and probably will. But when you settle and won't settle for anything but his perfect will, you're going to be blessed, even though there may be trials involved in it. And believe me, there always will be. There's always a price for obedience. Verse 16, their territory was from Arorar, uh, the uh, children of uh, Reuben, which is on the bank of the river Arnon and the city that is in the midst of the ravine and all the plain, Heshbon and all the cities that are in the plain, Debon, Bayamoth, Baal, Beth, Maal, Meon, Jehaza, Kadimoth, Mephoth, I'm, I'm butchering some of these names, Kirjathaim, Sibma, Zareth, Shehar, on the mountain of the valley, Beth Peor, Beth Peor, does that sound familiar? Remember Balaam, the son of 
Peor, from Beth Peor, the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jeshemosh, all the cities of the plain, and all the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, whom Moses had struck with the princes of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba. Reba became a new, uh, really a famous country singer, who were princes of Sion dwelling in the country. Verse 22, the children of Israel also killed with the sword Balaam. Remember Balaam, the son of, of, of Baor, the soothsayer, who uh, Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of the Moabites, had tried to summon to curse the children of Israel. Instead, he blessed them. You can read about that in Numbers 22 through 24. It's a really great uh, read. If you read through that, kind of gives uh, how God is sovereign over even a man who is uh, not quite where he should have been. God intervenes and overrules him. So verse 23, and the border of the children of Reuben was on the bank of the Jordan, and this was the inheritance of the children of Reuben according to their families and the cities and their villages. And he goes on, he says, Moses also had given an inheritance to the tribe of Gad. Their territory was from Jazer and all the cities of Gilead and the half half of the land of the Ammonites as far as Aurora. And again, if you look at these things on the map, you'll see exactly what it is, which is before Rabbah. And from Heshbon to Ramah, Mizpah, and Betonim, and from Maenaim to the border of Debir. And in the valley, Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth, and Zaphon, and the rest of the kingdom of Sihon, king of Heshbon, with the Jordan as its border, as far as the edge of the Sea of Chinnereth, which is the Sea of Galilee, by the way. Chinnereth just means a harp, and they, they get that because of the, the shape of the Sea of Galilee. It looks like a harp. So they call it the Chinnereth or Kinnereth or the Sea of Galilee, the uh, Lake uh, uh, Gennesaret. It all means the same thing, the Sea of Galilee. On the other side of the Jordan eastward, in verse 28, it says, This is the inheritance of the children of Gad, according to their families, the cities and their villages. And finally, we get to verse 29. Moses also had given an inheritance to the half-tribe of Manasseh. And it was for half the tribe of the children of Manasseh, according to their families. And... Um, uh, you can read uh, a really interesting place to, to check out is Genesis 48 and 49. Um, I would encourage you just to read those chapters because it talks about Jacob giving portions to uh, the, the children of Israel and how Joseph got a double portion and his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, were given a uh, uh, that, that really that right of the firstborn in a sense, and they were given a double portion. And you can see the land, and you can see the result of that there. But Reuben, the firstborn, should have been given the, the, the double portion. But remember, he did some pretty nasty things. He slept with one of his father's concubines and uh, did some other things. And so he was a bad boy. He was sent to bed without dinner. But uh, Joseph, um, his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, were given that double portion so verse 30, it says, Their territory was from Mahanaim, all Bashan, and all the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, 60 cities, 60 cities. What an amazing thing. And half of Gilead. Gilead is that mountain range right to the, uh, if you go to Israel with us, right on the east side of the uh, Dead Sea. If you're on the Dead Sea and you look across over to the land of Jordan, you'll see a mountain range, and it, and it starts there, and it goes all the way up the Jordan Valley on the east side of the Jordan, and they call it the Gilead, Mount Gilead, and it's a mountain range, and it's all there. And so half of Gilead and Ashtaroth and Edrei, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan, were the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, for half of the children of Machir, according to their families. So we're almost done here. These are the areas 
which Moses had distributed as an inheritance in the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he had said to them. And later on, when we get into uh, chapter 20 and 21 of this book, you'll see after the uh, cities of refuge are named, the, the, the names of these cities, these 48 cities that were going to be given to the children of the Levites, the children of Levi, they weren't inheritance uh, per, uh, per se, but they were just uh, cities within the, the, the tribes that they were given to, to live in. They, they didn't inherit them. They were just there, these cities that they could live in and that they could prosper in and that they could live in, in, and raise their livestock for the sacrifices. So it's pretty interesting to see. And next week we'll get into uh, chapter 14 and maybe chapter 15. We'll see how that goes. But notice that the just how obedience, again, I, I think that's really the key tonight as you look through this chapter, you know, knowing history, what happened in history from this time forward is a pretty telling picture. It's a very great lesson if you're willing to look at it and learn something from it, which we ought to. The Word of God is there for our learning, for our admonition. It's there for our encouragement. And if we would listen to it, we would be much better off for it if we would just listen. Listen and then do something about it. Isn't that what the word Shema means when in Deuteronomy 6, I think it says? And the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall obey the Lord. Uh, Hear, O Israel, our Lord is one Lord, and you shall worship the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. The word hear is in the Hebrew Shema, and it means to hear but to hear with the intention of doing something about it. See, that's the way we need to be as Christians. We need to read the Bible, not just to get information. We need to read it and appropriate it into our life and more, into, more from our head down into our heart to where it changes our character, the way we see things, the way we do things, the way we eat, the things that we say, the way we dress, the way we examine uh, events, the way we size things up. Everything should be through a lens of what the Word of God says, and that's the way we ought to live. And when you live that life, as I, I know I'm trying, you know, by the Spirit of God, and I, you know, all of us are, but continue, continue, don't give up, don't give up. You stay the course and do not give up any land in your heart to the enemy of your soul. That means taking a very good look at every single thing in your life and adding it up and sizing it up. Is this really good for me? Is this really going to draw me closer to the Lord or is it going to lead me away from the Lord? You have to make those decisions in real time. And sometimes you'll make a mistake, but you can always fix it. Go back and fix it. When you've made something wrong, go back and fix it. I don't know how many times I've made a wrong decision and, in, and instead of just reeling in the consequences of it, I'll try and go back and fix it. You know, God will will bless you in it, you know, if your heart is to, to try and fix it. So let's do that. Let's read this and, and, and take it in and say, you know, these are the results. We want good results. Don't you want good results? God wants to bless each one of us. And start off this new year with a new foot. Don't make any promises that you're going to break. Don't make promises. Just do it. And when you fail, get right back on the bike again. When you fall off the bike, get back on the bike again and confess it and act like it never happened and keep going and keep your smile and your heart right with him. It's the only way to do it. 
We can't look upon past failure and wallow in that sin. It's like grave clothes. You're going to go back at the grave and sift through the grave clothes of that old man that's died of that sin that's been repented of already, that sin that you've already confessed to. You're going to go back to it and look at it again and be discouraged again? No, let it go and go forward and never look back. Never look back. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.